Hi, I'm Justin King, and welcome to the Blue Chip Academy. As a five-star recruit, all-Big Ten corner, NFL vet, and Power 5 recruiting coordinator, I understand the emotions that go along with the recruiting process. The Blue Chip Academy is here to provide education, critical insights, and mentorship through the recruiting process for families and athletes alike. When athletes and their families have proper education and guidance, they're able to make better decisions and set themselves up for long-term success. Blue Chip Academy provides the resources and information that empowers athletes to create their own blue chip blueprint and take ownership of their careers. Blue Chip Academy exists because when athletes and their families are armed with the right information, they're able to make the decisions for themselves that positively impact their future. Again, I'll be your host, Justin King, and welcome to Blue Chip Academy. Welcome back to Blue Chip Academy. I'm your host, Justin King, and we're on episode six. Today, we're talking about navigating the recruiting waters and making informed decisions, part two. Previous episode, we touched on looking at the overall program. What's the standard? What's the culture like? The university that you're going to be attending? What's up with the alumni, NIL, NIL opportunities? Does it match, you know, your personal, authentically match your personal vibe or your family? Is it close to, you know, where your family can come see you if that's important to you? And the head coach. Obviously, that's the leader of the program, the CEO of the company that you're joining. A lot of information flows down through him. The culture is set through him. So we touched on those evaluation points a little bit and how to make the best decision moving forward. So today, we're going to talk about the culture of the team, the position coach, and position group success. I mean, today shouldn't take too long getting through these things. They're pretty basic, but I guess evaluating or paying attention to what those are a little bit more uh, abstract. I mean, things like... Position group success, right? There's measurables at the end of the year. How good is this group in terms of PFF stats or players going on to have postseason acknowledge accolades, going to the next level, things of that nature. But the culture of the team, you know, that changes in definition for different people and how they view the culture of the team is changing, right? Like we got different things happening. You get the SEC type of vibe from the culture of a squad or you get Big Ten, you got the SEC, not the SEC, but the Pac-12. When I say that, I mean, it's obviously more geographical differences. But the cultures of different teams are there, right? When I used to go on my visit to University of Florida in Gainesville, a lot different culture on the team than it was when I went to Michigan and Ann Arbor. So like the different things that you kind of want to look for, again, obviously it's about being honest with yourself when you're going to these different universities and like the culture that you fit in. As you're a teenager going to these different places, you don't really understand, you know who you are, but you're still figuring it out, right? Like you're still experiencing new things. And a lot of times when you're going to these different universities, when you're traveling to go to camps or going on recruiting visits, you know, it's your first experience seeing like these different type of vibes or being in college is the excitement part, being in the South and being on the West Coast or being in a new state. All those different things come into it. And sometimes you lose focus on like what the actual culture of the team is when you're going through that evaluation process. And how will you actually fit in there, right? Like what's the locker room culture? Like, uh, is it full of, you know, guys from a specific area where you have no idea where they're from? I remember I, I really liked Texas coming out of high school and as I was going through like these different exercises and looking at kind of how the previous staff recruited, where they had, you know, the residual value that they got from themselves, right? Like when the coach goes to recruit, you know, do well, you go back to those places, you know, that sometimes, you know, deals with how the school operates and how, you know, you have connections to the players and to the coaches. I remember looking at um the University of Texas roster because they offered me a scholarship and I was super excited, you know, running back from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Mac Brown calls me to offer me a scholarship. I'm like looking at the roster, just going through and I'm like, man, every single person on this team is from Texas. Not that, you know, not that afraid to compete or just whatever the case may be. It was just eye-opening that, you know, every single person 
on the team was, you know, coming from Texas. I come from a football state of PA and just knowing how like the dynamics are traveling and going around the 707s and whether, you know, it's like going into someone else's backyard, you know, I want to say take their spot, but you're going into someone else's backyard and you're competing, right? Like it happens all the time now. You see guys going around to, you got more national recruiting programs now. Let's lay it, let's put it that way where, you know, coaches are coming and recruiting their home base area, right? We had Cristobal just went to Miami, but before that he was recruiting Miami very well and recruiting Texas and different places that he came in from his previous stops in his career. And that's kind of happening as coaches move around, right? Like coaches fill up their staffs based on where they can recruit and things like that. And so when you think about that, you start pulling certain people or types of people like geographically, you know, to different areas, to the same school, sometimes like-minded people, sometimes like some common similarities, but that's like kind of makes up the culture of the team, the locker room culture. And it also goes through when you're talking about the staff in the building, like what's what's that like when you go on when you go on camps or when you go to visits are you just spending time with one or two coaches are you getting a chance to see the entire staff understanding the culture you know or disconnect that you're picking up on like what are the values of the program that are going through some of them have like you know process driven goals or process driven values right being in the moment being positive do this some of them you know the values are about the end goal it's the bottom line more of a business like approach so understanding that all these schools have different cultures and finding the right one that fits with you. So the next thing that we'll touch on is your position coach. And this is always a good one. And it seems like a pretty obvious one. But sometimes guys get kind of confused because your recruiting coach and your position coach aren't always the same person. Sometimes your recruiting coach is, you know, the person that's just used to that area. And, you know, they're trying to sell you to another coach on staff. And depending on how it is, that recruiting coach might know you because they've known you since ninth grade. It's like following an artist, right? You get emotionally attached as they're young. You see the development. So you appreciate their skill set a lot different different than maybe when that's maybe the position coach that comes in as a junior and starts to really get involved with where you're at at the end of the road, right? So understanding who your position coach is and build that relationship. Not that it's not bad to build a relationship with your recruiting coach because you have to do that. You have to, it's always good to know everybody on the staff. You're going somewhere for three to four years and you want to have, you want to have support or feel comfortable with the people that you're around. Like you're chasing a dream, you're solidifying your future and trying to maximize, you know, your career outcome. And like, these are the things that, you know, some sometimes make that journey a little tougher. So when you're looking at the position coach, right? Like you're, you're understanding that you're building a relationship with that position coach, not just the recruiting coach, because that's the person that's going to help you develop. Like you're coming, you should be coming into college, you know, with some still room to develop. We, you know, you don't want to look for tapped out guys or guys that don't have any more room to develop. So therefore, you know, you want to see if this position coach has a track record of development. Are they making guys better when they get there? Are they moving guys along to go to the next level, whether that's the NFL, whether that's going in to, you know, get their masters or whatever that development piece is. Like, is that coach, is it shown proven record of development of players? You know, you can always ask players as well, you know, see who they coach at previous stops. Like what happened when they got there? What happened when they left? You know what I mean? These are ways to evaluation points to kind of clear up the pixels in the picture that you're trying to paint. How do they coach? Like, what is their coaching style? I know for me, I grew up, you know, Terry Smith was my dad and he was my coach. So like a coaching, I was used to a certain type of coaching style. It was very, like expectations were clear. It was very in depth. Like, I mean, it was, I can't say it was black and white, but it was, it was just clear. It was clear. It was motivating. It was empowering. And, you know, he coached and his coaching style was a way of like building confidence. There was never like a, you know, a fear of something else. It was like, you know, if he's your coach, the confidence will ooze. You know what I mean? So like, how does that coach coach? Is it a coach that coaches scary? Is it if you're a DB and you're going to a coach that's always talking about getting beat or always talking about, 
you know, watch out for a double move, watch out for this, watch out for that, and, you know, putting those things in your head. Is that the type of coach that you want to play for? And then going through the process, these are the things that you want to look at and be honest with yourself. You know, going through, you know, I know guys go through the process and it's sometimes they're in awe or in shock and it's like, you know, the Taj Mahal football building or the nice weight room and the graphics, the photo shoot and all these things. You kind of just miss, you know, what's going on like through the visit. Understand who you're going to be dealing with because this is a business decision and you're partnering up with a whole staff and you want to make sure that you're making, like you're putting yourself in the position to succeed. And the best time to do this is during the camp circuit. I'm going to be completely honest with you because the camp circuit, the staffs aren't really, they're looking to show you a good time, but they're there to evaluate talent and and see if there's any guys like upcoming guys, right? Or and eliminate guys. I'm going to be completely honest. There's a level of recruiting to it, getting the good guys, finding them and doing all that good stuff. But at the camp, they're talent evaluating. They are coaching. Like coaches enjoy coaching guys at camp because that's the point of the evaluation. Like how do they take information? Like I've seen this film. He's running. He's doing X, Y, Z. Like, is he a slow blinker? And I say that with, you know, all sincerity where, you know, you're looking at a guy, you're telling them their information. It's like, is it clicking? Because like they're trying to evaluate you to see if they can actually coach you on a Saturday in the SEC or the Big Ten or wherever you're going to be playing. And are you going to like blink back at them or the light's going to be too big? So they're trying to understand what you're made of. And you need to be trying to understand what they're made of. And at the camps, you know, some coaches do a lot of teaching. Some coaches are very short, but it's all about trying to understand the evaluation point of who you are. How do you learn? How do you, what makes you tick? And as the coaches are trying to do that, you need to understand what kind of coach is best for you to develop under. What's the best type of encouragement that you value or that that sinks in? That's just so important because, I mean, I went, I've been to camps and I remember, I mean, I won't say the school, but it was close to where I'm I'm in Pittsburgh. It was a school around, but I remember the, like, the staff would just cuss people out. I mean, just go to the wall, right? Like you mf for this. Da, da, da. And I was like, oh wow, this is a this is a summer camp. This is seven on seven. I, mean, I guess this is what it is, right? Like at this camp, but I did appreciate that they weren't hiding. They were coaching how they coached, and I I, I truly appreciate, it. and I still respect all the guys on that staff today because they're still in college football. But um, just understanding what's the best fit for you, and like looking at those things and being honest about how it will affect your career and your development. You know, less than at least like your your position coach, he's not um I want to say he's a father figure, but he's like he's the person that you're going to be spending the most time with. Like do they have a, a close knit group? Do you see the guys showing them showing them respect? Is there like is it a center figure of <laughs> Like what you're walking into, like where does that where does that person fit in the staff? Is it a highly respected person? Like how is the position coach creating the room, right? The room vibe. When I say creating the room vibe, like if you're an offensive lineman and the coach has a thing, like see if they have any like traditions, anything that creates the family unit within their within their room. See what type of things that the coach has outside of football, right? Like like the things that he's bringing to develop you as a man. Like what is their family like? What have they produced, right? Like try to try to look at these things. And at that point, man, you you'll be surprised how I mean sometimes nervousness and anxiety come down because you're like focused on figuring out things what you need to do, right? Continue to sharpen your intel, continue to sharpen your skills and all the like, you know, like the stressors and different things that come along and anxieties that come along with the process. They slowly, they slowly wither, right? Like understanding the resources outside of football. I mean, we always talk about what's going on was the coach here, coach there. And I had situations that when I was at Penn State and thank God, you know, my, one of my position coaches had gotten in some trouble up there and had a, had a space and resource for us outside of school, like outside of football, right? Where it was like, again, a family unit and resources like in the town to kind of help us out and just had that with that, that, that relationship, understanding what that person means and like how they're going to be a center part of your college career. I mean, the head coach is there 
obviously, right? The head coach, you got player development or so many people, but that position coach, you know, that's the guy that's vouching for you, you know, in the staff meeting room about your development, how you're moving, and if you're going to play or not, you're going to redshirt. Like th- this person is going to be the most emotionally attached person to you in the program. So understand, you know, who you're itching your wagon to, to an extent. And like that process, again, is best done, excuse me, through the camp circuit. And then the last thing we'll touch on today is the position group success. And I say that in a sense of like, does the position group that you're going to or that you're the school's position group that you're evaluating or you're looking at and when you're comparing different ones, where's their track record of success? You know what I mean? Like watch them develop throughout the year. I want, you know, parents and uh, athletes, you know, check out, you know, start doing unit stats on college defenses, college secondaries, college offensive, you know, rushing attacks and different things of that nature. So you can kind of understand like the metrics and where the position group that you're joining in fits. It can be twofold, right? You can go to a, a group where you're looking at the position group and it's a weaker group. You can provide value to it. And it's like, oh, I can change the game and I could be do something different. That's kind of how, you know, not do something different, but like I wanted to approach Penn State. There was a level of, you know, like the history, the defense was like awesome and everything that was going on. It's just like a great unit. It's like, oh, I could play DB here on a great unit and have great position group, you know, success as we're continuing to to move along and do all those different things. So those are the different things that you want to look for. I mean, when you're looking at these different programs and like, to touch back on the position group success, I mean, does the development translate to the next level? Like, are guys moving up and going into the NFL? You know, you got schools that claim to be DBU. You have schools that, you know, claim to be RBU or whatever the case may be. But that kind of comes from a level of recruiting and position group success, right? Like the lawn boys at Penn State, when that started, it was Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley. I mean, that started a trend of like understanding, oh, this position group at Penn State, obviously there's the history of great running backs like Larry Johnson, every Evan Royster, Tony Hunt, you know, uh, Curtis Enos, Blair Thomas. I mean, we can go, we can go forever. I don't want to, Chris Capaletti, we don't want to forget anybody when this comes out. <laughs> and get a whole bunch of emails, but you understand what I'm saying. The position group success matters and understand where it fits in your stories, right? Like the players that come back have success in the NFL. Like is there life after football? Like is there a residual impact? I always thought when I was training in um, Dallas, like I used to train with uh, Mike Huff, the old Thorpe Award winner and the DBs down there. And I remember they were, uh, it was a pro day at the University of Texas and like all the DBs went back, you know, to support the guys coming out. And I thought that was the coolest gesture that a group of guys could have to the upcoming group of DBs that kind of followed their path and laid the groundwork that they came in, whether it's job opportunities, job opportunities after these guys leave, whether it's connections, whether it's mentorship when they get to the NFL, all those different type of things when you got to talk about life after football with the position group and what type of things are set up. It's important and unique, right? Like as in, in the NIL space, it's something that's changing where position groups and group licensing is something that, you know, you'll see legacy brands and silos being created. For example, at Penn State, we have like the DBs. Um, I was a Penn State defensive back and from 05 to 07, I got drafted. But, you know, there was a run of DBs, probably NFL started playing and Adrian Amos and all those guys started coming out of Penn State and going to the NFL. You know, you got Armani Arroyo doing this thing now, John Reed, got the guys coming up. So creating a legacy group kind of at Penn State would lock down you, you know, into this whole NIL space, just trying to, you know, brand the guys and show the position group success. Like that's the goal of that situation and kind of creating a legacy silo for those guys. Once they leave, they can 
come back and have a resource after football and have a residual impact on the guys that are in that position group and like the closeness of it. So that that's all goes into the position group success. You're talking about on the field. You're talking about off the field. You're talking about continuity between one another. You guys have the same views on life, all those different things. Cause like, you know, we talk about the culture and all these different um, aspects that when you're picking a school, a lot of times you have to be honest and you have to sit back and just watch and see where it fits. I remember at Penn state and it was different other places, but like, it wasn't cool at Penn state when I was there to not go to class. Right. Like not that it is now, but it was when I was there, like guys going to class, like being considered dumb or not showing up and being like, like having a level of professionalism and uh, you know, yeah, level of professionalism about yourself. That just kind of, it wasn't the culture <laughs> guys that really, you know, that wasn't a cool thing to do. So like, that was, that was, a, that was something that kind of, you know, had a residual impact on all of us that kind of went through that and just understanding what best fits you. Again, you can only go to one school. So this whole process is about you navigating and evaluating and understanding what's the best place for you. Tip the scales for you to be successful. I mean, it's a great opportunity for athletes, for you know, parents. There's you get free scholarship. There's NIL opportunities. And beyond that, you can start maximizing and like laying the groundwork to you know fast forward the the transition period after sports, making connections that your university and your the, the team can kind of help manifest. But um, but that's kind of the points that we'll talk about and leave with those today. Culture of the team. Make sure that understand the culture that you're walking into. Some Sometimes it's geographically, sometimes it's based on the head coach, sometimes it's the college town. It's a little bit of mixture of all those things, locker room culture, where core values that kind of push everyone in that building. Just make sure that you align so you can have uh, an enjoyable time. The position coach, do they have a proven track record of development? You know, can you fit with their coaching style? Is that something that you can see yourself doing for the three or four years when you get to respect this person enough to take them, whether it's yelling at you or correcting you? Is you going to be defensive? Is it someone that can relate to you? Do they have a, a family within their unit? The guys on the team now, do they respect them? Like, listen to how they talk about them. Listen to how they move around them. <laughs> Just pay attention. And the position group success, understanding that there's different aspects to that, right? Like life after football, the residual impact of being a part of a group, the week by week development. When you're watching these teams, see how the whole squad is progressing. Like these are groups of guys that you're going to be walking into. Players that have come before you, are they having success in that position group at the next level? Was that maturation period that you saw previous to them leaving the college was that you know was that something that you that that fits your your goals and your dreams what you want to do in college sports so that's kind of where we'll leave it today remember you can only go to one school get in the captain's seat and understand like this is the journey right like everybody has a different journey just keep sharpening and just make sure that your blue chip blueprint is together and execute it life is good have a good one. On the next episode, we'll dive into the unit success, like the overall thing, the scheme fit, and the depth chart, and how those things continue to paint the picture that you're going to have at the end of the three, four-year journey on this recruiting process. Once again, thanks. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Blue Chip Academy. To help navigate the recruiting waters, LIG Sports Group put together a Blue Chip Recruiting Checklist. Download your checklist at LIGsports.com Blue Chip Academy to ensure you're making informed decisions through this process. Hit subscribe and check out the LIG Sports Group Football Ops and Recruiting YouTube channel where we'll talk about the recruiting and other critical points in the football ecosystem. If you're feeling stressed, confused, or just want help putting together a blue chip blueprint for you and your son, don't hesitate to book a console call with me at LIGsports.com backslash Blue Chip Academy. Remember, everyone has a different journey. Keep sharpening. Remember that you can only go to one school. Just make sure that you have your blue chip blueprint together and execute it. 
Life is good.